0: Hello and welcome to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. I'm John Stillman, alongside Joel Johnson, certified financial planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. He's been published in Forbes and the Hartford Business Journal. You've also seen him on Fox Connecticut, NBC30 and WTNH Channel 8. And he's the host of Better Money on WFSB Channel 3 on the Saturday and Sunday morning news with Kara Sundlin. It also airs on WCBV Channel 5 in Boston. Joel, always a pleasure. And today I wanted to spend a little time talking about different professions and and what it's like for you to work with people who have completely different careers and how maybe somebody who's in one career, their, their mindset in life, which then applies to their financial planning, might be different from somebody in a completely different career. So let's actually start with teachers. You, I know you've dealt with a lot of teachers over the years. What do you find is typically their mindset when it comes to financial planning?
1: Well, it's interesting because many teachers, not all, and of course, this is th- th- these are general statements. Not everybody is the same that's a teacher or a doctor or a, or a uh, landscape contractor. Not everybody is the same, but this is general. And, and why can we be general? Because First of all, we've helped thousands of families prepare for and go into retirement, and so we have a pretty good idea of of the different nuances of the professions, but also certain professions attract certain personalities. And I tell you, in my career, one of the things I enjoyed the most is learning. I, I love learning, and I learn so much from clients. You know, I'm not an engineer. I learn a lot from engineers. Uh, I am not a um, forestry. Uh, person, but I learn a lot from from people that are in the professions that love to live outdoors. I just, I love learning and I can learn from anyone. Um, Speaking of learning, so let's talk a little bit about teachers. Teachers tend to, and again, these are general statements, but they tend to like predictability. Um, They tend to like structure in scheduling. Uh, They tend to get fulfillment out of um, expressing themselves and what they're passing on knowledge and and even passing on beliefs. And many teachers love to challenge students to think differently about things. When it comes to their finances, again, they they like some air of predictability. And so they tend to gravitate towards types of plans, pension plans, for instance, or um, systematic savings plans um, where they're doing something consistently over time and not changing that too often. And again, we have many, many teachers as clients. And what's interesting is many times teachers are married to someone that's the opposite of that. And so um, we end up sort of mediating a financial plan between priorities of the two different partners.
0: What about doctors? Uh, What sort of challenges might you find with doctors when it comes to financial planning?
1: Well, doctors is almost too broad of a term uh, because an ER doc is very different than a family doc, which is very different than a um, obstetrician, that is very different than an orthopedic surgeon, hmm. and uh, it doesn't mean personality-wise they're different. But you know, ER docs, for instance, tend to. Not all of them, but they tend to like challenge. They'd like to high unpredictability, um, reaction time. They love reacting to situations and so on. They're going to tend to gravitate towards a different type of a financial plan than possibly a family practitioner or a general doctor or a pediatrician. And so, you know. Once again, financial plans need to be customized. Uh, many doctors, if they have ownership in their practice, which many, many do, even though healthcare has changed a lot, and now there are these big organizations that doctors' practices sell into, um, they're called roll-ups, um, but many doctors are still on their own when it comes to retirement planning. And the advantage there is that uh, there's tremendous flexibility in the type of retirement plans, pension plans, 401ks, and so on um, that can be set up, that doctors can set up if they have control of that practice if they have pure ownership of that particular doctor's practice. Um, the other thing that doctors many times are susceptible to is tax schemes. Um, and we've seen a lot of doctors get in trouble with um, sort of high-end tax planning that might be a little close to the edge uh, that gets challenged and they can, you know, many times they have to go back and three or four or five, eight years ago, uh, correct something that was done from a tax standpoint. And sometimes that can be very costly for doctors.
0: Interesting. So uh, be aware of that. And interesting, your point about different types of doctors being maybe as different as completely different careers in terms of just the mindset that it takes. Like ER doc, as you mentioned, is a that's a fascinating case. I actually have a friend who's an ER doctor. And just think about the breadth of knowledge he has to have. He has to know a little bit about a lot of different things. Whereas a cardiologist... Knows everything about the heart, but may not know anything at all about a broken leg. Well, they have to know something.
1: I mean, they did go to med school, but you're right. I mean, they're, it's interesting. And it's not just docs. It's a lot of fields where the focus that is required to be at the top of your game in that field re- almost requires you to ignore a lot of other parts of life. Um, you know, whether that's a, a brilliant artist a physicist, a doctor, an engineer, an inventor. And so that's why many times we see incredibly brilliant people that can't figure out how to order off a menu, and I'm being maybe exaggerating a little bit here, but can't figure out how to balance their checkbook or order off a menu, but they're world-renowned in their field. And sometimes we see that with uh, with docs that are just really brilliant at, at one particular. I remember um, a, a friend of mine, Seth, and I used to travel down to Houston where the massive medical center is. And we had clients down there that were, you know, the top of their game, orthopedists that would work on athletes and people would fly around the world to, you know, to have these guys work on their hands or shoulders or knees or, or ankles or whatnot. And some of these docs, as brilliant as they were, really had a hard time organizing their finances and planning for retirement. So... Um, It's just interesting when you get into these professions that take a high, high level of expertise and skill and focus, many times there are holes in other areas of life.
0: You mentioned engineers earlier. What are the kinds of things that engineers find important in financial planning and what are the things you have to talk through with them?
1: Well, engineers uh, tend to like things very, very organized, um, very structured. They also have been trained to look for problems and sometimes that can be a real detriment in financial planning. Financial planning is a science but it is an art also. Managing someone's money is a science but it is also an art because you have a human element in there and many times engineers get in trouble because they get so caught up in everything needs to be super logical that they might miss certain things in financial planning that could really benefit them because they're looking for that problem all the time. Not all engineers are like that, um, but they certainly like structured financial plans. Um, They like to know what the outcome will be. So they might want to know, hey, what's our fin- what our finance is going to look like in 10 years and 20 years and so on. And uh, they kind of like guardrails around finances too. They like to know that they're not going to veer off in one direction or another. So a financial plan for an engineer might entail some safety mechanisms to either protect their investments from loss or protect them Um, or their loved ones from changing a financial plan. So uh, engineers, I love working with engineers. Obviously, up here in the Northeast, there are many, many defense contractors, aerospace companies, And so we have uh, uh, biotechnology people, Um, we have a a wonderful opportunity to work with many folks in those fields.
0: All right, Uh, another career to explore, well not necessarily a career, almost more of a mindset, is the entrepreneur or the the small business owner, what are some of the challenges you face with those types of folks? I heard a great quote the other day, which is that the entrepreneur is the person who is willing to work 80 hours a week for themselves so that they don't have to work 40 hours a week for somebody else, which is so spot on.
1: That's a great quote. Um, I'll tell you a misconception. Here's a misconception. Um, The misconception is that entrepreneurs like to take a ton of risk with their investments. And that is sometimes true, but not always. If you think about an entrepreneur, they take a tremendous amount of risk in their business. Um, Many times they take that risk because that is their personality. But they crave organization, not everyone, but again, they crave organization simplicity in other parts of their lives. I know some very successful, incredibly successful real estate developers that have no problem borrowing five, seven, ten million million from a bank to basically pay, take a piece of dirt with trees on it and create an apartment complex, which is a massive risk, they might not perceive it as a risk because it's it, they know it so well, but it's, it's a massive risk when I describe it. Outside of that, they want predictability in their lives. Um, they want that mortgage paid off on their own house. Uh, they want to understand that their investments, if they have investments outside their business, many times entrepreneurs don't have investments outside their business, but if they do, they tend to want simplicity, predictability. They don't want to be Involved in the maintenance of those investments. Again, for the most part, these are all every profession we're talking about here. These are these are generalities, um, but small business owners take a lot of risk. Um, building this firm, I took a lot of risk. I like to tell people, you know, that that now we're a substantial firm and we're doing really well. But you know, our employees that we have never saw when I was borrowing money from my dad. Borrowing money from someone else um, to buy into this firm, cashing in a retirement plan, so we had to start all over again. They never saw any of that. Um, But entrepreneurs, when I say that, completely get it. They completely get that. Um, So, you know, the entrepreneur is unique, not unique from everybody else. Every profession has its unique things and also its commonalities with other professions. Um, But there's a misperception from people outside the entrepreneurial small business owners world of exactly how entrepreneurs and small business owners think.
0: Yeah, interesting. All right, how about realtors? I'm, you, you mentioned people that are in the, the commercial real estate development, but what about people that just you know buy and sell homes? What, what kind of financial planning challenges might you have with realtors?
1: Well, unpredictable income. Um, would be one uh, very unpredictable income um, if you know if they don't own a real estate agency where they have many many you know if they're not a broker and they have many many agents working for them, if you're just an agent the the income is unpredictable. There's those shows you see on TV where you know somebody can make a million dollars in commissions selling a property. Um, actually, I guess that would be a pretty massive property. Make, maybe, they, maybe they can make a, a huge living selling six or seven homes a year because they're super high-end homes or apartments in Manhattan. Um, but that is unpredictable income. You, know, you hit a home run, you have a massive couple months, and then you might go eight months without any income. Um, or, you know, if they're selling individual family homes, they don't know how well they're going to do from one year to the next. Um, we could go into a real estate recession. All of a sudden, nothing's moving. And so unpredictable income is a real challenge for realtors. Um, the good news is if they're self-employed, there are tremendous retirement plans they can set up uh, because they're self-employed. They might not have employees uh, that work for them. And so they have a wonderful opportunity, as do many commission salespeople.
0: All right, last career path we'll give you here would be government employees. What sort of uh, strengths or weaknesses do you tend to see in those financial plans?
1: Um, the weaknesses would be the slowness which they can move up the pay scale. Um, in most government positions, you know, you're sort of, my son's a Marine, right? So you're first lieutenant for two years. Um, and then in two years, everybody makes, excuse me, <laughs> sorry, military folks, your second lieutenant for two years, Um, and then after the two-year point, unless you've really messed up, you become lieutenant, Uh, and then if you stay on after your first four years, you probably become a captain again, unless you're counseled out of the Marine Corps, and so it tends to be very predictable. That can be great, but it could also be a challenge, um, and maybe even a disincentive to really shine, as, as with many Types of jobs like that. So, um, but that can be again a pro and a con. Um, They will tend to have pensions uh, and they will tend to have four hundred one k plans. And there's a tremendous opportunity to save money in an automatic way, um, which is which is really good for government employees. Also, if you're in the military, uh, you may get a housing allowance, and the housing allowance is tax free. Um, so that's also very nice. So sometimes you can have a military person that makes $3,000 a month in salary and $3,000 a month in, um, in housing allowance. That housing allowance is tax-free. There's an opportunity there. If you think about it, $3,000 a month tax-free is equal to maybe $4,000 taxable. So there's some unique things where they're able to save. Um, but government, empl- government employees, again, if you work for 30 years for the federal government or a state government, you probably like predictability. Um, you don't like to be surprised. Um, not, again, not everybody but many people, they don't like to be surprised. They should have a very predictable retirement plan. A lot of security in knowing what's going to be happening over the next five to 10
0: years. Well the common thread for all of these different career paths is that a money map retirement review can make a big difference for you.
1: Yeah, I mean again, in the money map retirement review it's customized for you, for who you are. Um, even if you've been in the wrong profession for 30 years, even if you've had a career where it's making a good living but you don't enjoy it, you have a unique personality, you have unique strengths, unique weaknesses. Some of them are personality or emotional strengths and weaknesses, some of them are just intellectual strengths and weaknesses. You need a retirement plan that is given towards you. Not all money is the same. Do not listen to people that say everybody should do X or everybody should do Y because everybody shouldn't do the same thing. That's just common sense. So make sure that you have a retirement plan specific to you. Get a money map from us. If nothing else, it will give you a clear, clear picture of where you are. It'll give you our recommendations, and you will have more confidence. You just will. You'll have more confidence in seeing something clearly and getting a second opinion. You might not agree with the opinion, but you'll have more confidence in just talking those things through. And many times, people leave our office saying... I feel a lot better than when I came in. Clients say that all the time to us. Joel, I feel a lot better than when I came in, especially in times of uncertainty. So call, get your money map, 1-800-705-1232. 1-800-705-1232. During this time, we can do this over the phone or we can do it by Zoom. It's a wonderful way to have a meeting. Most people prefer to come in. That's completely up to you. Obviously, we've got all the protocols in place that our government is telling us to put in place. Um, But get your money map. Get a financial analysis. Get an analysis of the risk you're taking. Get an analysis of what your future income will look like and what goes into that. uh, those assumptions. 1-800-705-1232. You will be happy that you got your money map. 800-705-1232,
0: you can call or text that number if you heard us describe you as we were talking through these different career paths and you say, wow, you know, he's really nailed my psychology there. Or maybe you say, well, no, I'm, I'm a school teacher and I have a completely different mindset than what you just described. Well, either way, that, as Joel said, is the entire point of the Money Map Retirement Review. It's customized to you. Reach out now, and we'll reach back out to you later to schedule a time to make that happen. 800-705-1232. That's 800-705-1232. You're listening to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. Joel is a certified financial planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. And Joel, let's open up the mailbag this week. We're going to start today with Roger, who says, My first grandson was just born, and I'd like to do something for him financially. Should I contribute to a college fund for him? This is, this is multiple choice. Should I contribute to a college fund for him, buy a life insurance policy on him so that he'll always have it, or just buy some stocks to give to him when he's older? D, all of the above. Okay. Uh, not necessarily. So,
1: you know, obviously, Roger, it depends on your resources, and you can get real sophisticated if you want to set up a trust where there's certain – guidelines uh, that need to be met for uh, your grandson to receive the money. But, you know, I love the idea of setting up the college savings plan. The advantage of it is if you have other grandkids, you know, you can transfer the ownership of those plans depending on needs. So, you know, like my son, Michael, if he gets a full ride to a school and we had saved money for him in college, I can transfer that to one of the other boys. Um, So I love the idea of the college plan. There's 529 plans that, of course, um, are tax free as they grow and tax free as the money comes out. Um Life insurance policy, we bought life insurance policies on our boys. We wanted to give them um, two things. One was a life insurance policy where if they turned 18, 20, 22, and they wanted to add to it, they didn't have to prove insurability because some people develop health issues um, early in life. Um The other thing is just to send a message that life insurance is important. It's important to have life insurance. If you have somebody depending on you or if you owe somebody money or a bank money, it's good to have life insurance to pay that off. So I like the idea of life insurance. And I do like the idea of individual stocks. The problem is individual stocks work better when the kids are older and they understand what they're being given. You know, Disney was a favorite stock to give kids, you know, years back when they were 10 or 15 years old, because the kids understood Disney and they would get an idea of what it's like to own a company, McDonald's, you know, oh, we go to McDonald's or we drive by McDonald's, I own a piece of that company. So stocks tend to work uh, a little bit when, um, when the kids are older and you can have a decent conversation with them. It's hard to predict what companies will be successful 20 years from now, uh, today, Um, you know, everybody thought uh, certain companies were going to be around forever and they're not. You know, look at Kodak. Oh, my goodness. What happened to Kodak? Um, And yet, 40 years ago, they were the leader in photography, and uh, everybody thought they were just this amazing blue chip company that'll be around forever. So you never know. So I would wait a little while to buy the stock.
0: You know what I heard about Kodak? I heard this the other day. I'm assuming it's true, is that they had the opportunity to develop the digital camera in like the 80s, and they didn't do it because they didn't want to cannibalize film business.
1: Yeah, they invented... Somebody at Kodak invented the digital camera, the digital photography. I, I've heard that also from many a many a speaker, and and that's not rare, you know. Many times things are accidents. Um, you know, Google started out as a search engine. AdWords was. I've been told a byproduct, just sort of something that was created as a, as a strategic byproduct. 3M with the posty notes. And um, we've all heard the story about how posty notes or post-it notes were sort of this, this thing that just happened because some engineer at 3M wanted to figure out a way to be able to get his notes stuck to his desk. And so this happens over and over and over again. And so not only do we not know what companies are going to be around, we don't know what companies are going to surprise everyone. Um, Amazon. I mean, remember when Amazon started? Jeff Bezos started Amazon. They were selling books. They were losing a dollar or two every book, and analysts on Wall Street mocked them because they said, well, how do you make more profits? You sell less books because you're losing money on every book you sell. Well, who, you know... (laughs) Who was right there? And so you just never know. So it's better to, you know, I think wait until the child is older and you want to teach him what it is to own a piece of a company and then maybe buy those stocks that are relevant to the kids. I, I bought some stocks for my kids and they tend to be things like Facebook and Google and things that they understand. Um, JP Morgan, you know, the bank, because a lot of uh, times if somebody has a credit card or a debit card, it's backed by Chase, JP Morgan Chase. And so then, they, then you can teach kids lessons about money.
0: Great feedback. All right. How about Mitch? Mitch says, I've been maxing out my 401k for the last 20 years, but I've done a very poor job of managing my household bills and other finances. So I find myself in a situation where I have a lot saved for retirement, but I also have a very bad credit score and quite a bit of debt. I'm planning to work for another five years. Should I stop putting money in the 401k and try to get some of this other mess cleaned up instead?
1: Uh, So this is going to be very controversial advice in my field, but I think if you are going to retire in five years, you need to have all your other debt paid off except uh, a mortgage. And if you can have the mortgage paid off, that's great. So um, I hate to tell you to stop putting money in your 401k. Mitch, I need to know your individual situation. Um, And by the way, what you have done is much better than the alternative by not saving in the 401k. You saved in the 401k so now you can have a great retirement even though you have uh, maybe some debt problems and, and, and credit scores. That can be cleaned up. You can't go back and start saving in the 401k five years before retirement and make a uh, big dent in your retirement. So, uh, you know, give me a call, 1-800-705-1232. I'd be glad to sit down and come up with a strategy for cleaning up that debt before you retire, you might be surprised. You might be able to do it and still put the money into the 401k, at least put enough into the 401k to get the match. But let's come up with a strategy for you. Um, And congratulations, by the way, if you've maxed a 401k for 20 years, you're probably in really, really good financial shape. It just uh, is a matter of, you know, taking that chessboard and moving the pieces around a little bit to get really ready for retirement.
0: All right, one final question quickly before we run out of time here. This is from Claire, who says, I worry a lot about a market crash in the next year or so, but people tell me not to worry about it because I'm only 45 and don't plan to retire for another 20 years. Is it really just that simple and I just shouldn't pay attention to it?
1: Uh, It may be that simple, but again, Claire, before telling you that to just not pay attention to it, you know, the fact that you are... Worried about it means that you need to have more confidence that that is the right thing to do or maybe make some adjustments. So, you know, once again, give us a call, get an analysis of your situation. You need to have confidence. You need to not just listen to the whims of somebody uh, that you know. Um, You need to know in your heart, in your soul, that you should not pay attention to it and just have a twenty-year outlook. Some people cannot do that; they worry too much. And so, give us a call. We'll make sure that your uh, that your savings plan, that your investments are on the right track, and that you're not taking so much risk that you get spooked out and you panic. Um, you know, truth be told, if we were not human beings with emotions, everybody should just be a hundred percent invested anytime they had money um, for ten years plus. Um, But in your case, if you can't handle that, then it's not right for you. So give us a call, get a money map. And for any of you listening, I know this program's been helpful. I know you listen regularly, but make sure you get a money map. Get a money map. If you got one three years ago, four years ago, and you didn't become a client, get one updated. We'll do that for you. We won't charge. We've done very, very well in this firm. We don't need to make everybody a client. We certainly don't push people, um, but we want to help. So get a copy of your money map customized to you. Get an income analysis. Get a risk analysis. You know, if you're like Claire and you're worried about the market crash, you need to have confidence. That's what you need. You need confidence that you're doing the right thing. That will help you get through the tough times when everybody around you who thinks they're giving you good advice is telling you to do something else. So uh, get a copy of your money map. Just give us a call. We'll set that up. 1-800-705-1232.
0: Again, 800-705-1232. You can call or you can text that number, whichever is easiest for you. We'll connect with you later and find a time for you to get scheduled for your money map retirement review. 800-705-1232. Call or text 800-705-1232. Thanks so much for tuning in to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom, and we'll talk with you next week, same time, same place. Money Wisdom
1: is sponsored by Johnson Brunetti. Investment advisory services offered through JB Capital, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance products offered through JN Financial, LLC. Johnson Brunetti is a paid sponsor of the Yukon Huskies athletic program.
0: Better Money is sponsored by Johnson Brunetti.